on 9-11. Our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Ding, 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 ding. Am I getting on your nerves yet? Well, that's the point behind the seatbelt alarm in your car. And if you know somebody who won't listen to it, well, feel free to be annoying and remind them to buckle up. You could save their life. To find out more, go to buckleupva.com. Buckle up. Every trip, every time. A message from the Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles. Welcome back, people. This is your boy, Real Charlemagne. Welcome back to Brick City. Um, today's show is sponsored by Making a Change Services. Reach out to them at www.makingthechangeservices.com. Uh, make sure you follow me on all platforms, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you see a podcast, hey, feel free to follow me. Um, hope everybody's doing good. I know... Everybody's transitioning, taking the kids back to college, or some schools are already started in the counties. So today we got a special guest. We try to, especially you guys that's going to college. You know, I got a guy that probably give you a little few pointers on how to, you know, navigate that system. And um, he, he's he's a gentleman I met at the gym, big dude. I was like, yo, what, how you how you pushing all that weight, man? You know, I need some. I need some pointers too, you know what I'm saying? But no, he's a good dude, man. He's a member of a mega. He's a mega man, you know. He he gonna talk about a little bit about himself. But um, Mr. Jones, how you doing out there? Tell the people a little bit about yourself. What's going on, Brick City? Appreciate it, uh, Charlemagne, for having me on, man. I I do appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Josephine Jones, a member of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, you know, young. Grew up in eastern North Carolina, didn't have much growing up, but had big dreams. So uh, a lot of the things I had to do, I, I go to sleep, I wake up, and I chase my dreams. And a lot of the things that I learned along the way, um, I just like to share them with people because if I can make it, everybody can make it. You know, you just got to try. You can't let your circumstances be crushed forever. Um, another thing is, um, yeah, you know, hobbies. You know, we touched on uh, the gym. You work out. You know, black man, we got to. You know, make sure that we find ways to to uh, to uh, practice self care. Part of that is my hobbies, and and some of the hobbies that I, I I have is DJing, photography, and motivational speaking. And so, not only are they my hobbies, I woke up one morning and said, you know what, I love doing this, so why not turn it into a business? So I LLC my uh, my hobby. So uh, you know, I make I make that money doing that DJing and and uh, photography and motivational speaking. So. Glad, glad to be a part of the show, um, Charlemagne. Oh man, I appreciate you, bro. You just motivated me right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I mean, that's the thing, man. You know, us. You know, I, I know I, I like to be multi multicultural about everything, but in the essence of things, you know, we got to take care of home first. You know what I'm saying? We got to take care of our brothers and sisters. 
that look like us, you know, make sure that they're on the right track. You know what I'm saying? I know everybody needs a little help every now and again, but sometimes some people need a little bit more help, you know. So it's good that you out here, you know, doing your thing, motivation speaking, DJing. I mean, you know, music is a, is a food to our soul, man. I mean, that's this is how we roll, you know, as a culture. You know what I'm saying? Right. You get right. that music going, you calm the savage beast. I mean, literally, like <laughs> I used to bounce at clubs, man. They used to change the music, music up. Jokers be about to fight, and then they'd be like, they throw on something, <laughs> slow, slow tempo, and then they like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? Clear floor, clear Clear floor. floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. But we're gonna we're gonna come back to your hobbies though. So um. Uh, I think when we first connected, you was at uh, Johnson Community College out in um, Johnson County here in North Carolina. Um, I know you, you uh, since have moved on to Alamance. Could you, you talk about a little bit what you do with the colleges? Yeah, so I've been in the North Carolina Community College system now for uh, almost 12 years and started in the uh, at Johnson Community College in Smithfield, North Carolina, as a minority male mentoring coordinator. And then uh, the coordinator for recruitment and retention um, and also a counselor. And by the time I left, I was a senior success advisor. So uh, part of my responsibilities during that time at Johnston was to, you know, work with students who were first year, um, you know, first generation college student, who meaning that no one in their family had ever been to college, uh, you know, helping them navigate the landscape of what it is to be a college student and helping them be successful. Uh, one of the issues in North Carolina and across our nation is the um, success gap that exists between minority males and their counterparts. So that success gap is very, very, it's a wide margin. In North Carolina, among other institutions across the nation um, or states across the nation have identified that they really want to take a strong look at how do we help minorities bridge or narrow that success gap. Um, so there's no magic formula to that, but we have to continue to try. And um, yeah, so I'm, I have a passion for that. And, you know, since, since moved on to Alamance Community College, where now I am the director uh, for diversity and inclusion, which I still have that same passion. And one of my goals is to continue to help uh, underrepresented groups be successful uh, in their matriculation uh, at college. Cool, cool, cool. Um, you know, uh, you just touched on it. it. Was it was a good? You said first generation college. I know a lot of people. We take advantage of things. We we because you look at your household and you automatically assume the house beside you look identical. Right. And a lot of times it's not the case. You know, um, everyone automatically assume everybody has a laptop or internet, Wi-Fi, you know, uh, printer in their home. But that's not the case always. So looking at, uh, could you could you just give us a, a brief description of how some first-year college students look coming to you and you're just trying to help them navigate some of the things that they've never been exposed to. How does that look from your from your perspective? Right, right. So um, a lot of times they have nobody at the house to help them understand what the rigors of college is. So first-generation uh, college student or first-year college student, uh, they need guidance in the way of which classes they're going to take, uh, helping them identify you know, what are your passions and how do you want to 
transform your passion into a career? Uh, what do you love to do? And how, if you could work, what would it be? And what would that title be? So it's a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring that goes into that first experience that a college student needs. Because I am a firm believer that we lose students at the first point of contact, uh, you know, their interest. If I go into a classroom and that classroom or that instructor or that professor in that classroom isn't um, working or reaching out to me or uh, relating to me, then I turn uh, a deaf ear to whatever that instruction is. And and so, you know, that's one of the things that I also work with uh, our professors now is inclusive practices. Mm-hmm. Identifying who's in your classroom and how can we relate to them or reach them through our lessons culturally. Um, one of the things that I always say, you know, going back to the question, I don't want to get off into the weeds, but, you know, also parents, first uh, year college students or first generation college students, it is imperative for you to trust that uh, institution with your ch- with your children and not be helicopter parents. The children are growing, they're maturing, and every year they're getting further and further away from the crib. So you have to be able to cut the umbilical cord because your child isn't going to be able to be uh, independent of you out in this world if you continue to do things for them. Um, so in college, we have something called FERPA, which is the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act, which means that no one at that institution can give the parent any information about your child if they're 18 and older, unless that child signs that waiver. And so we need to understand that as well, that I know that for the last 12 to 13 years, you've been your child's biggest advocate, kindergarten mm-hmm. through the 12th grade. But that has to, at some point when they go to college, stop so that child can understand, I need to make my own appointments. I need to be responsible. I need to get up and go to class and be to class on time. I need to be able to meet the deadlines, early advising, early registration. All that is important for the student to understand that because the classes that I need in order to graduate or matriculate into the next semester, they may fill up fast. Those instructors who are very popular, students will fill their classes up fast. And if you're not taking advantage of early periods, registration and advising, you're going to be left out in the dark. So a lot of um, coaching, like I said, and mentoring goes into uh, and, and engagement, and engagement. Right. And one of the things I tell college students for, who are first year college students or first year first uh, year college or first generation, I'm sorry, is that nine times out of 10, college is going to be better than high school. If you had a bad experience in high school because you had bad teachers, your college experience is going to be a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. One is because you're going to be around people, like-minded people. Uh, you're going to meet people who share the same ideas as you and your classmates. Two, your professors didn't hear from your teachers from last year to say, watch out for this particular student. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it doesn't follow you. So you have an opportunity to re, you know, you know, develop, uh, become a new brand of yourself once you so, get to college. So don't allow your high school experience, if it was bad or negative, to bleed into your first year, first semester as a college student. Cool, cool. Yeah, man, you just drops huge nuggets right there because you know, I think, um, you know, me as a parent, you know, I, I'm always, and I was in the military, <clears throat> so I've always been the type, hey, I'm not going to always be here. Y'all need to learn how to do it for yourself. Right. You know, I, I always try to talk, you know, talk them throughout life. Try to, try to do it for yourself. If that doesn't work, then come get Big Pop. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I say try to advocate for yourself because you're your first line of defense. And like I said, you know, don't be disrespectful to anybody. It's a way. It's the way to be nice and nasty. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and right. get your point across without being disrespectful. You know, and I Absolutely. always, I always tell my kids that. Now, I know you mentioned you from what? What town are you from, actually? I'm the from the biggest, smallest town in North Carolina, Cresswell. Um, Cresswell, the big C. Cresswell, big C, <laughs> going out towards Outer Banks, uh, a population of about 220 people. Wow, man, I was, I was, uh, I was stationed with a guy from out there, Honey Blue. Last thing, Honey Blue. Oh yeah, oh, down the down there at uh, I was down there at uh, Fort Bragg with him, man. Was, Omar, Omar, Honey Blue. Okay, okay. Man, we was down there yeah. together, down there. That's, that's, Fort that's, Bragg. that's family right there. Oh, we was in the same unit. Yeah. <laughs> we was, yeah. Look, because sometimes we coming back east, you know, for Fort Bragg. We on 95, jumping on 64 together. So he had a little Honda Accord back then. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Hey, look. Yeah, man. So, um, look, small world. But, um, you know, coming from a small town, and I know you end up going to Shark, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. So, um, going from, like you said, population 200. How was that transition for you going from there to Raleigh, North Carolina, where, you know, it's, it's, it's the state capital, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how, how was that transition for yourself being a young black male, like from a small rural area going to quote unquote, the big city and how, right. and, and what, and what advice would you give an individual that left an area that not much going on? Then they go to these areas like every time you turn around, you like it's a party, it's a, it's a it's an event happening twenty four seven. You know, y'all just used to you know Sunday dinner at grandma's house. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. right. <laughs> so how, how so for just from you, what you know? How did you cope? And then what advice would you give an individual? Um. So Cresswell, North Carolina, small. Um. I felt like I was very popular in the area, and it was a it was scary, you know, mm-hmm. if I sum it up in one word, uh, but it was mandatory at the same time because of my grandmother. And I'll say her name, Pearlie Mae Jones. That's that's a powerful lady that inspired me to do great. So when I went to Raleigh, Raleigh was very, you know, about 250,000 people in Raleigh at the time in 1996 when I graduated. Raleigh has probably doubled its mm-hmm. size and numbers since then. And, um, you know, I wanted to make my grandmother proud and it was it was imperative that I went to make something out of myself because, you know, we like to say that big things come from small places and right. I have pride in Cresswell because Cresswell made me. And if I can go leave a town like Cresswell and what I think thrive and be successful in, you know, the state capital, I think that a lot of kids who come from rural areas who doesn't have or don't have a lot of resources available to them you have to realize that that is just your beginning. It's your foundation. Mm-hmm. That's not your end. You have to leave in order to become something. And uh, not, I'll take that back. You don't have to leave in order to become something. But I think that it's great in order to leave to get a more a world view of right. what exists out, outside the boundaries of your comfort zone. We're not growing in our comfort zone. You know, when it starts to feel uncomfortable, that's what we call growing pain. Mm-hmm. And as we know, growing pains, you, you, you become taller, you become stronger, but right. you, you have to do it. And, and not only do you have to do it, you have to listen, learn, 
and take in the the, the environment that you're in. Right. There's a lot to a lot to be desired um, if you don't try. A lot mm -hmm. that you're gonna hold against yourself and always think to yourself like, what if? You don't want to be like that. You wanna you wanna step out your comfort zone and, and go. So if you're growing up in a small town, um, take pride in that small town, but just know that other people are watching you. And through you, they can see that they can do it as well. Right. That's awesome, man, because you got a story to take back. You know, I grew up in a small town. I grew up in this the big town of Aiden. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so I grew up in the big town of Aiden, but, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I went to college, man. And, um, like I said, it was like, you know, my thing was, it was, I felt like I wasn't prepared. So then I was like, I ain't prepared. You know, I'm like, I'm going to just go ahead out here to this workforce. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like, it was just, it was just easier to do. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're going to take that easy route. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, started, I was working, going to school. I, matter of fact, I was going to school at Wake Tech, actually. And um, going up there and um, just like, like, man, I could make $7 an hour you know, working and doing security, doing other things, and you coming from a little small town, you only making three dollars and a quarter. You're like, oh man, that's some money. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, right. I got I got sucked into the to the money trap. You know, and um, you know, I ended up going to the military. I was like 21 when I went to the military because it was like, man, I was like, you know, I had kids early, and I was like, man, let me let me just do what's right by them. You know what I'm saying? Make sure. That they're gonna be taken care of, insurance and all this other stuff. I was working here, there, you know what I'm saying? You know, we had a temp thing going on, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like these guys that I went to school with, they went and got the associate's degree and they working at the same spot. I'm working at they making twenty dollars an hour. I'm making eight dollars and I'm like, hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, right. Just, right. just off a two year degree, you know, and then I was like, man, but you know, I figured it out, I went to the military, military ended up being my thing, you know. Um, you know, I but I encourage anybody, you know, you just try, you know what I'm saying? Don't you don't know till you try. You know what I mean? Right. And um like I was telling you earlier, you know, in the pre call, we you know, I got a six head of kids, you know, and all you know, all of them but one actually went to college mm -hmm. out of high school. You know, all of them went to college except for one, the other one went to the military. She followed my footsteps. But um I, as a parent, you know, I you try to coach them, and, and like you said, it's a it's a larger world outside of Pitt County. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And right. when I was stationed in Fort Sill, I took them to Oklahoma when they was in Oklahoma. But we drove across country. You know, when we stopped in the mountains, we stopped in Tennessee, we stopped in places. So they they was like, oh, okay, stuff that they was reading about in books, they was actually seeing going being exposed to that stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it, it, I think it actually helped them out in the long run because. They ain't mind relocating anywhere, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> they weren't scared of anything. But no, you know, like you said, not getting off topic, but um I think it's it's a great thing that you're doing, you know, with the and understanding the problems that some of these kids are facing because you probably actually went through or someone you know while you was in school went through some of the same issues, you know what I'm saying? And that that's good that you you taking that and life experiences along with your education and, and helping individuals. And that's that's a big testament to you, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, our community definitely needs 
more people like you, you know, and um, I know. So with this program, does every college in the, in the university system have this program that you're the director of? Um, so as director of diversity and inclusion, no, not every, every college is not, has not committed to making that a priority just yet. Okay. Um, you know, in 2022, I think it's important. Right. Uh, you know, especially since 2020 and George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and, and, and right. Ahmaud Arbery, um, and these things have just been brewing long, right. long before 2020. And so what's happening is people who underrepresented groups, not just black people, right. but underrepresented groups across the board are finding a voice through the pain of others. Right. Uh, and, and you see more people who are allies or are in support of the perils that are happening, not just in the black community, but in the Hispanic community, in the gay community, um, across the entire spectrum of underrepresented groups. Yeah. And what's happening also is the voices are being heard and people are willing to listen now. And so what's, ha what's happening with that is we are working on becoming more inclusive of, of everybody as opposed to where we used to be uh, in our country is this is the way we do things. And this mm -hmm. is the way that we always have and always will. That's no longer the case. And some of the people who have that mentality, they're starting to be uncovered. And, you know, you hear people who are reaching out to various communities during election time. Right. People are starting to hold these elected officials accountable for what they said because they typically say that they're going to do these things. And then when they win the seat, they disappear. Right. But, you know, people are getting tired and frustrated. And um, I think that this is something that's here to stay and more and more institutions need to um, look at how we create a more culturally um, healthy uh, uh, environment within the institutions that we uh, work at and, and go to. Right. Gotcha. Like you said, that's very important. And, um, you know, we, we touched on some other thing, mental health. Now, uh, you know, all this, it, it ties back to mental health because, like, it's, a lot of people don't realize how much frustration weighs on you. You know, when, like you said, if the individual don't understand where you're coming from, your dialogue, you know, your dialect, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we go to New York they have a, a certain dialect. You know, we down south has different dialect, but like you said, being culturally diverse, you could kind of translate a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because one word might not mean something here. You might be an insult. You go to another state. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, yes, you got to, like you said, you got to be culturally diverse to understand who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with, and how you're dealing with. And, um, I, I, and like I said, it ties back to your mental health because like you said, I think a lot of people, when George Floyd was murdered on TV, I think it. some people was desensitized to it, but then some people was like, oh, this really just happened. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, and it's like yeah, the mental capacity of people just changed in essence at that, that moment because they're like, this is really happening. I've heard about it. I didn't think it really existed. And I think, you know, that was just the thing that they just felt like a lot of people was complaining about something that they really didn't exist. And I was like, how, why do you think we're just going to make stuff up like that? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, we're just going to wake up and be like, oh, we getting harassed or, you know, our buddy got stopped for no reason or 
I got pulled over just because I was like, oh, that that doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, now you see, like, you know, what happened with that situation. And like you said, Brianna Taylor, now they they getting justice for that incident, you know, and it's like it's it's a it's a continuous cycle, but like you say, it's just the miseducation and then some of the the people that don't want to be educated about certain things, they want to continue their old way of living. And not right. understand and say, hey, hey, it's a different world we live in. You know, um so with the being culturally diverse, I know I'm not sure what's the demographics of the area that you work in as far as the population of, you know, a white minority, you know, population out there. Um, I say it's about 72 percent or so white. Mm -hmm. um, we got uh, you know, 15 percent black, maybe 12 to 13 percent Hispanic. And then you have a 1 percent other. Right. Somewhere that the, the typical demographics that that you would see, um, but as we know, there's a lot of things that aren't filled out in black and brown communities, right. and so the census, you know, reports that not always um, speak true to who really is in that community, uh, right. and 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 that's a trust issue, and 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 so that's something that we have to work work together as. Is to be more represented and be more trusting, so we can be more represented, and and so we can provide resources in in those areas that uh that have a lack of resources. Um, so it's important for us to understand that that you know we have to be able to fill out these mm -hmm. reports and hold people accountable based off of you know the the, the information and the data that comes from those reports. Right, and you know I um. You know, I, I know it's a lot of stigma around Johnson County, you know, what recently happened with the young lady in Kenley. And, um, you know, um, I know it's, it's they have a bad rep about, you know, the, the racism that occurs there, you know, um, and it's, it has a lot of history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so um, working in, yeah. working in that environment, you know, you know, kudos to the college for bringing you in, you know, to to be working with the diversity and everything and um, allowing you to, to be there. But how was that, you know, with the culture that is perceived to be in, in, in Johnson County? How was, how was that, you know, working with some individuals that may not have engaged a person, you know, like yourself counseling them that is not the same complexion as them? <laughs> how did you, how did you, how did, how did that work out for you? Yeah, so um, you know, my first day on the job in 2010, I had someone pull me to the side and say, "Well, you know what, John? You know, it's the home of the Ku Klux Klan." Right. And I'm like, "Huh?" You know, and they explained to me the signs that used to be uh at the right, borders right. of the county. Um, but my experience there, you know, Johnston County is like a home, and mm -hmm. and the people that I work with, you know, like family to me. I worked with them. We was in the trenches for 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 ele almost 11 years there. Right. And so. You know, that's not to say that the culture doesn't exist because there is a under a undercurrent of of uh, the old way, and this is how it's going to be. Um, um, so I experienced some things that was, you know, you don't want to, you know, I don't think that the the people are bad people. I think that right. the implicit biases of the, the the community and the environment in which people grew up in is they really don't know or they. That's they got it honest. Like I mm -hmm. worked with a, a consultant, 
And uh, one of the things that we talked about is that people get their biases honestly based off of um, where they where they grew up and the mm -hmm. environment in which they grew up in. Until, and that's the important thing about when you leave somewhere and go somewhere else, you start to identify that, oh, wait, wait a minute, you know, this person that I've been looking at and stereotyping and stigmatizing and not all that bad. Right. But now I actually <laughs> interacted with them. Exactly. And so now it gives me the opportunity to open up and be more yeah. receptive to uh, black people, white right. people, Hispanic right. people, because I've had experience of being around uh, right. those individuals. Now, if we never go around anyone and we stay around each other and we always say that these people are very bad people, mm -hmm. and we never interact and experience those people, we're not going to change our mind exactly. because we are only going to stay in our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And we're cheating ourselves when we do so. But I will say the college itself uh, is going through some changes right now. But, you know, I work with a lot of people who really, really work hard to provide a great experience for the students in which we serve at Johnson Community College. And I will say that Alamance County is ha it has similar um, uh, stigmas as well associated okay. with it due to some of the past riots and protests mm -hmm. and you know uh, about confederate statues there so you know you just be able to you, you meet people face you know where they are and mm -hmm. you know some people aren't going to be receptive to you and that's okay right. um, but you continue to try because you shouldn't let someone else's behavior change who you are and the good mm -hmm. that you are meant to do in the world so that's the way i look at it and that's the way yeah. i approach everybody that i uh I work with. I can't change everybody. Back in the day, I used to try to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized that that's impossible. It's impossible. I, I, I'll save the world one person at a time if I can. If not, then I try. You try. And then look, that's, a, that's all it is. You just try. But uh, but shift the gears a little bit, man. You know, heard you on the ones and twos now. So, you know, let, let's talk about your little DJ. How'd you get into DJing and, 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 um, you know, I've I seen you go live a few times, you know, doing little things, you know, here and there, or videos of you. Um, so how did you get into that? Man, I've always been a fan of music, man. Uh, I like to write rhymes. I like to record music myself. And uh met my boy, DJ Midas, Eric Fisher. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, you know, he just got me into it. I'm not the greatest. But yeah. I, I, you know, I love getting better. So as long as as long as I'm not the greatest, I have something to work towards. <laughs> so I'm not gonna put it down. Right. Um. I love. I just love. Like you said, music is food for the soul. Right. It restores me. It it gives me. Uh. It uplifts me, and it inspires me. Right. And so when I can control how people are inspired and control how people are celebrating and how they're smiling while I'm behind those turntables or my controller, mm -hmm. it, it brings me joy. And, um, you know, I like to serve people. I'm a right. server. Uh, so if I can serve them a good time and take them out of whatever mental mind state that may be negative for just a moment, then like they say, I've done my job. <laughs> done job. job well yeah. done. <laughs> right. So, so motivation speaking, let's, uh, I know you said you transformed that into a business um, and also your DJ. Let uh, people know how to reach you, you know, real quick and um, and just, you know, discuss, you know, your motivation and speaking tactics and what things you like to harp on and try to, you know, instill in people when you're doing your motivational speaking. Right. So you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook. On, at my name, Josephine Jones. 
That's J-O-S-E-F-V-O-N Jones. J-O-S-E-F-V-O-N Jones. Um, J underscore F-V-O-N at yahoo.com is the email address. Um, DJ Joe Scholar. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, and I'm one of those people that in order to be inspired, you have to inspire. So I'm always searching for that next thing that inspires me. And and, and there were so many times in my life where I like, I need to be inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I identify that some people, a lot of people are probably feeling that way. And so I created along with my coworker, former coworker, Derek Arnold, something called Encore. Encore presentation, it stands for everyone needs confirmation or reassurance eventually. So no matter who you are and no matter what you're doing, in order for you to continue to do that, you need to be, you need to receive confirmation and be reassured that what you're doing is great and you're going to want to do it again. And that's the true definition of Encore. Right. And so that's that's what we turn and, you know, we develop something called Monsters, the Academy of Leadership and Success, where we create monsters. And I took that experience in working with young black males and identifying that to you, some people may view you as monsters because you're black just for the mere fact that your skin is a different mm-hmm. color than theirs. So took the negative connotation of the word monster. And we turned it into a positive meaning. And that stands for men, men of noble standards that enjoy reducing stigmas. And so we started having young ladies who wanted to be monsters. So I had to mm-hmm. take the men part off and just change it to members right. noble standards <laughs> that enjoy reducing yeah. stigmas. And the premise behind that is enjoy reducing stigmas because there's a kid that looks just like you that's going to grow up and idolize you but your experience with people is going to reduce the stigma that they would put on them. And right. so that's the responsibility that I think that we have in our society as, as, as men and members is that we don't go out and intentionally try to reduce stigmas. We just naturally reduce stigmas because exactly. we have great upbringings and great training and great mentoring. And those people that's coming behind us that looks like us, that look mm-hmm. like us, are going to have a better chance because the experience that we gave this society with us. And so that's that's the whole premise behind the motivational speaking. And um, I, I I did LLC, my photography, my motivational speaking, and my DJ. And I, my, my grandmother's name is Pearly Mae Jones, so it's mm-hmm. PMJ Enterprises. Okay. Um, it's named after her, and it stands for photography, motivation, and, and DJing. Gotcha. PMJ also stands for... Um, Pearly, this is my grandmother's name, Mario, my brother who passed away in 2018, okay. and Josephine, PMJ. Okay, okay. And also stands for People Motivates Josephine, and backwards, Josephine Motivates People. So that's it came to me when I was on the way to work one day, and I just said, that's what it is. And uh, at LLC. Took it away with it. <laughs> hey, that's dope, man. Like I said, that's, that's awesome, man. I'm glad I connected with you, bro. I mean, like I said, man, you know, you see a humble brother. I, I'm the type, man. I'm a, I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna speak to you. Say what's up with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not, you know, like you said, we have stickers about each other. You know, we just walk around with a face balled up. You know, like we ready to fight. And I'm like, you know, both of us is big boys. You know what I'm saying? We, right. you know, <laughs> some good sized guys. And it's like, you know, that's another stigma. You know what I'm saying? So you, you got the stigma of, of being, you know, a minority. Then you you're a big boy, so you like, they like, hey, 
<laughs> you already a threat before you even open your mouth. You know what I'm saying? But then, like you yep. said, you 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 come in peace. You know, don't right. get it tw- don't get it twisted when it's time. <laughs> when don't get it twisted now. When it's time to you know for the physical to come out, it's all right. But you know, but like you said, you come in peace. And um, you know, like I said, when we connected, you know, like I said, man, we just kind of hit it off. Just just chatting up. We was just chatting up. You know, just randomly. You know what I'm saying? And I said. I think that's what we lack in our community, man. It's like we sometimes we get so caught in our own bubble. It's like you you will miss a piece of something simply because you just caught up in in yourself in that in that bubble right there. You know what I'm saying? Just reach out outside the bubble. Sometimes it could be hey, it could be the missing piece of what you you need to push forward. You know what right. I'm saying? And, and um, you know, I, I'm glad you know we was able to connect up here, man. And um. You know, I, I appreciate you, brother, and um, you know, just doing positive things. But um, look, I know you had a long day. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and try to wrap it up here. But um, what I want you to do, man, you know, hit us with about five minutes, and just just drop some 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 nuggets real quick, man, to to the youth, you know, coming into college, to some parents out there that's struggling with their youth, and, and just try to tie all that together, man. You know, I got you just five minutes. Just take the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is that you'll never be if you never try. Um, you will always compare yourself to your friends that's naturally or that's natural. One of the things that you need to do if you're listening is just get in your own lane and have tunnel vision for the next five years if you're graduating from high school right now, 18 years old, in the next five years, tunnel vision, everything is about you. Be selfish because you can't be the person that you aspire to be if you never tried to be that person right now. And remember that everybody starts at square one and there's a, you're not going to have anything. You're not going to have everything in the beginning. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, parents, it's important for you to allow your kids to fail. It's important for you to not save your kids every time you get a chance because they'll be 35 years old having meltdowns when they really hit a brick wall for the first time. Coach them, love them, encourage them, let them know in the beginning that you're not going to be successful at everything that you try to do. I want to tell kids this as well. Uh, College isn't for everybody, so don't be so hard on yourself, but learning is for everybody. So if you don't go to college, you can learn something. You can learn a skill. You can learn a trade, something. If you if you like to use your hands, you can get a trade. You don't have to worry about doing what the Joneses do. Stay in your own lane and have tunnel vision. If you are an instructor, if you are a professor, identify who's in your classroom. If you are a teacher, remember, you are the first person who's going to encourage the students and give them a notion of how smart they are. They're going to think they're smart based off your interaction with them. If you shut them down, if you defeat them, they're going to be turned off with education for the rest of their life. It's going to be very hard for them to stay on track. Um, Reach that kid. And I'll give the example of something called culturally responsive teaching. It's where you identify who's in your classroom through their culture and you shape the curriculum to that particular uh, student or to those students. And a great, a great example of that is the movie Hamilton. 
if you've ever seen the movie Hamilton and you liked it, but you never liked history in high school and you never knew all the uh, under, you never understand everything that happened in the beginning or the inception of our our country, but you really understand and know the characters in Hamilton. That's because that history lesson was shaped culturally, so someone can understand it, um, and 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 just be good people, be good people. Mind mind your manners and mind your your words. Your words um, go into the atmosphere and turn your subjects into verbs. Remember that how you're looking and feeling absurd. Wish you didn't say that. Wish you could go back and take the whole thing back. Remember your words, uh, it's, they speak life and death. So never doubt yourself. Always speak life into yourself. Um, encourage each other in everything that you do. Make sure that you have support. If you don't know who to get or where to go, go to your local college and, and talk to a counselor and advisor or something if you want to go to school, you can contact me. Um, this is this is what I do. I don't mind at all. We can help navigate and push you in the right direction, but you got to try. Don't be afraid to take that test. Uh, apply to college. In October, there's something in North Carolina, there's something called College Application Week. If you are a junior or you're a senior in high school, College Application Week happens usually around the last week of October, first week of November. That's where a lot of the four-year institutions in North Carolina waive their application fee. Apply to college for free. Do your FAFSA early and see what you um, what you get. Parents, don't be afraid or don't deny your kids the opportunity to go to college because you don't want to put your information on FAFSA. I think it's, I've seen a lot of kids not go to college because parents didn't want to put their information on FAFSA. And now the kid is out here um, having to wait till they're 26 in order to go to college or they got to go through a process in order to become independent from the parents. I mean, don't 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 sell your seed and your offspring short because of the fear that you have. You know, you brought them into the world. Take care of them. And I mean, I go on and on, but you know, <laughs> hey, yeah, they're right there, man. Look, you done dropped the mic, man. You done dropped the mic on them, man. Like I said, those those right there was words like, yo, that. And I, I see the all, you know, I seen it with a couple of kids, man. They. You know, they have to go work at McDonald's for you because a part of mine lives in uh, Maryland, does a similar job as you, and um, he's with retention. And that's the thing. He's like, he got to go, got kid got to go find a job or they help him find a work-study job because their parent not willing to sign that FAFSA for him, man. And like I said, he had to work for, res you know, in that area for a little while to get enough hours in to start becoming independent, you know, get a place to live and all this other stuff, man. He, he was like, he was telling me that. I was like, are you serious, bro? He was like, man, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so oh. yeah, man. You, yeah, you just dropped a bunch of nuggets, man. And I, I really appreciate that, man. And um, like I said, we we get it up and we're going to chop it up, man. I see you around. Like, I know you're doing a whole lot of traveling there, man, back and forth, you know. So, yeah. so look, I know you're on the road, man. But, yeah, we'll be in touch. And, um, all right, peeps, um, make sure you guys follow me so you and you can continue to get these nuggets that we drop here on Brick City. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm bringing it, bringing the nuggets to you. You know, all you gotta do is keep following me and keep subscribing. Until next time, this is the real Charlemagne with Mister Jones. We're gonna see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.
new on Curiosity Stream. Across the globe, coral reefs are dying, but not without a fight. Scientists discover a new heat-resistant super reef. What's its secret we can use to save the rest? It's breakthrough reefs of hope. And humanity's future, a thriving multi-planet species, or will AI run the show? See how today's choices in technology and science may seal our fate on 10 Seconds to the Future. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. And for a limited time, get 40% off our annual plan. That's just a dollar a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.